high and your amperage is low. Have your batteries charged here and watch yourself go on the Rage and Cajun, 1607 FM. And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live on this Monday. Casey just Blair here. We've got a full 90 minutes of sports talk that'll be coming your way. We can't wait for the next uh you know next couple of minutes because we've got some big guests that we've got lined up and we're looking forward to having a great time. We've got Brian Colley for his usual eleven forty five interview on Mondays. We'll ask Coach Colley about some things that are going on over at South Lafouche. Remember they just finished school. Other schools around the state are deep into their summer breaks now, many weeks into their summer break. South Lafouche is like three, four days into their summer break because of, um, you know, the storm and the, you know, long break that they had last fall because of the storm. They had to make up those days on the back end. So the Tarpons ended school on last Wednesday. Wax Coach Colley about some things that are going athletically. I don't know there's football camp out there this week and basketball. I still got, think got a summer game or two. Swamp playing baseball is still ongoing and other things like that. Then at noon, we've got Derek Zush with Hanville. He's going to be doing a good job, as always. Looking forward to talking with Coach Zush about all things that are going on around the area in the high school basketball scene, and then also Hanville-specific, uh, some things that the Tigers are looking to do to you know stay ahead of the curve, stay ahead of the eight ball in what is going to be a very difficult and very challenging 5A district. 12-15, we've got Chris Duga, Thibodeau High School football. They are always um, in contention. They're always in a good place. Um and now we're going to ask Coach Duga, you know, what can the Tigers do to get into the postseason and do all the things that they have to do to, you know, try to be amongst the top 32 in 5A. They were young last year. They return a lot, and now they should be poised to have a pretty solid season. Then it's Monday. Our Monday shows mean we have W's and L's. And uh, over the weekend, there was a lot that happened. There was the U.S. Open, you know, College World Series stuff, all sorts of things that are happening. So we look forward to all of that stuff um, here throughout the course of the show. But first, you know, some different things that we could talk about to lead things off. <clears throat> this past week was Louisiana Lineman Camp, which was out at Nichols State University. Um, Coach Rod and, you know, Pete Jenkins and Kevin Mawai and all those folks out there put on another wonderful event, was looking at some pictures and different things of the sort. Um, people having a good time. You know, and more important than people having a good time, people working hard in the summer heat and blistering heat and, and getting better and putting that work in. Coach Rod uh, recruits tirelessly throughout the course of the spring and summer to get people to this thing. And the thing about the lineman camp is this, and he says this whenever he comes on the air, is that this is not a, you know, hey, you're going to come over here, eat pizza and, you know, hang out and take pictures and get autographs and not that type of camp it's going to be a very white collar uh, i'm sorry excuse me very blue collar you show up you're putting in work you're working hard you're sweating you're getting a lather you're being coached hard you're being pushed to do the best that you can 
But at the end of the day, you're going to leave the camp a better football player than you arrived. And I think that that's the goal. Anytime you're investing in yourself and, you know, spending a little money or whatever, to go to one of these things, you want to, you know, see the fruits of those labors. And I know a lot of linemen around the state were there. A lot of linemen from around the area were there. And I think that that was a big benefit and a big coup to a lot of the players of our state and beyond because it's not just any day that you get an opportunity as a high school player to learn from Pete Jenkins, right? I mean, we had him on the sports corner a couple weeks ago and still sharp as a whip. You know, he may be getting a little bit up there in age, but he ain't slowing down at all. He's still sharp as a whip, still has all that knowledge, and you got the opportunity. He works with NFL guys and you know, some of the top college prospects in the country go to him right before they're declaring for the NFL draft. So, I mean, you're learning from the best. This is an opportunity to learn from, like, a legend in the field. And, um, you know, Kevin Mawai is now taking a larger role. That's, like, one of the best linemen in the history of the NFL. So, you're going to Thibodeau, and you're, you know, which is kind of a smaller city. You're not getting smaller city results. You're getting the biggest of the big, the best of the best. And I think that those linemen are all going to reap those benefits. Now, this coming weekend, you keep the train rolling and you got the Manning Passing Academy coming. I enjoy covering the Manning Passing Academy for multiple reasons, of course. But just think about this. In the years that I've been covering the Manning Passing Academy, which my first one that I covered was uh, 2010, right? So now it's been like, you know, this is going to be the 12th one that I cover. I have seen and had a chance to interview and meet both Peyton and Eli Manning, of course, Archie Manning, of course, Cooper Manning, but then also, oh, Super Bowl champion quarterback Matthew Stafford, Andrew Luck, uh, Patrick Mahomes, like just about any quarterback that you could think of in the, Dak Prescott, any quarterback you could think of in the NFL that's like a starter and that's like a youthful starter, like in their 20s or 30s, they've been in Thibodeau in the last couple of years. Um, and then it becomes competitive, right? It was like, you know, LSU is going to send somebody there. Like Miles Brennan may be there. Uh, but Alabama is going to likely send somebody there. So Bryce Young may be there. And then you're going to get your guys from, you know, Florida and Ole Miss. And then from around the country, Oregon's going to like, like all these schools, they all have their guys there. And then on the media day gets a little competitive, right? Like some of these guys are talking about their seasons and, you know, maybe not talking trash per se, but maybe, you know, just throwing a little shade like, hey, I think we're going to win the SEC. And then the guy two spots away from them at the media session may be a guy who's also in the SEC who overhears that. <laughs> like It just becomes competitive and it becomes fun. And then, of course, you got the air it out competition, which this year will be on Friday. It's usually on Saturday. This year it'll be on Friday. And then it becomes an opportunity to watch some of the best quarterbacks in the college football world just slang it. Sling it, you know, just show the their talent, their raw ability, their ability to put the ball in the numbers, their ability to just do crazy things with the pigskin in their hands and looking forward to seeing that. Greg Blackwell runs the media for the Manning Passing Academy. Uh, you would be hard-pressed to find a more organized operation for such a large camp. And again, that'll afford the opportunity for local quarterbacks local receivers and local running backs, anybody involved in the passing game to go out, polish your skills and get better. I've spoken to people who have attended the Manning Passing Academy and they say that what you learn there is priceless. I mean, how often do you get the opportunity when you're playing a sport to go and, you know, learn from maybe the best 
and most explosive quarterback that's ever, like Peyton Manning at his peak. You know, I get Tom Brady is the GOAT, and we regard Tom Brady as the best that's ever done it. But whenever Manning was prime Manning, and he was at his absolute best before injuries with the Colts and everything like that, and he was a 50 or 60 touchdown a year guy, high completion percentage, tons of yards. Those Colts offenses were some of the best that we've ever seen. And you get to soak in that knowledge from one of the dudes who's one of the best ever. And then, oh yeah, his little brother who's ain't bad either. He's won a couple of Super Bowl championships. So it's just an opportunity unlike any other. And local people are able to cash in on that. A couple of more pieces of local sports news and then we'll catch our break and go to the phone lines. E.D. White football got a big, uh, good piece of news. They got a commitment. One of their linemen, Matthew Broussard, announced over the weekend that he is going to be committing to the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Broussard said that that was his first prominent uh, offer. And in uh, because of that being his first offer and the place that he really wanted to go, he's going to go ahead and pull the trigger and just commit to them right out of the chute. Um, good player, really good player, big lineman. Matthew Broussard's an offensive tackle from E.D. White. I'll give you the measurables here as this 24-7 page loads up. 6'4", 280. Um, Made the commitment to E.D. White. I said just a second ago that was his first offer. I, I I must have been mistaken, but it says here he's also got offers from Louisiana Monroe, Nichols, Northwestern, and Southeastern. So he goes make the visit and gets the offer from the Raging Cajuns and pulls the trigger. So it's good to see Lafayette continuing to recruit Louisiana strongly. Um, Broussard's a good dude. He is a good player. He could really help them. He's got the college-level size and a lot of times at the high school ranks, guys have the college level size and kind of have that strong athletic build and the good footwork, but they don't have that little bit of bulldog in them. They don't want to finish the play. They're not kind of nasty. Like to be a lineman at the next level, you kind of sort of have to be a little bit of a bully, right? Like you got to be willing to finish that block and knock that kid out of the play. Like you got to have a little bit of that edge to you, a little bit of that nastiness to you. A little bit of that bait high, as we call it here, down the body to you. And Matthew Broussard has some of that in him. He's not a mean kid. He's not a dirty player. That's not at all what I'm suggesting. But he's got that level of physicality to where he's not going to be afraid to go into the fray. He's not going to be afraid to go towards the contact. And he's not going to be afraid to, quite frankly, put you on your butt and knock you down. So Broussard makes the commitment to uh, Lafayette. We congratulate him so much for doing so, and that will take some pressure off of him, take his mind off of some things, and allow him to focus on his senior season. Where, you know, I get asked this a lot. You know, Ed White made it to the the, the championship game. Can they repeat that? Are they going to have another deep playoff push type of team? And I've said it openly here, and I'll say it again. I think the answer to that is yes. You know, I think that they've got so much talent, and they've got such a great system in place. It is proof. That if you trust and believe in what you're being sold, you could do great things. And they lined up with university. University is a team that was sending guys to like LSU and Alabama. And like they had multiple SEC level guys. Whereas last year, E.D. White was just kind of sending guys to like Nichols and Southeast, like those types of schools. And E.D. White stood tall and, and fought the full 12 rounds. And now at the end of the day, yeah, they lost the decision. They lost a close, hard-fought, competitive game but they weren't swept off of the field like a lot of people thought. And I think that that's because they trust in what they're doing. And when they execute it well, you know, with their power run game and 
option stuff that they do. They control the clock. They control the pace. They make you play their way, and it allows them to be so damn effective. So congratulations, Matthew Broussard, and I hope he has a wonderful senior season. Now, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from such a positive story, we have such a negative story. The body of Raceland native Everett Jackson was found this past weekend in Idaho, ending a week-long search. Um, Everett is a Raceland native, Central Lafouche graduate, and he was a basketball player for LSU Eunice. Um, it's such a terrible and sad story, man. Such a terrible and sad story and set of circumstances. Um, I didn't know Everett, and shame on me. You know, I, I, I cover this area, a college athlete, you know, type guy, a very talented and gifted player. I feel poorly that I didn't get the chance to know. I've seen him play a couple times. Didn't get a chance to like really interview him and talk to him much. And um, that's my bad. Um, I should have done a better job of, you know, introducing the community to this young man. Uh, but everybody that I know who did know him says, you know, very warm, vibrant personality, love to have fun, laugh, dance, kick it, all the usual teenager stuff. And then a terrible tragedy takes him away from us. Um, it, it, it's horrible. And my thoughts and my prayers are with Everett Jackson's family. My thoughts and my prayers are with the Central Lafouche community. And my thoughts and my prayers are with the entire basketball community locally as a whole. Because I know there were a lot of folks you know, down the bayou who knew Everett, a lot of folks up the bayou who knew Everett, and we were all coming together and wishing them all our sincerest thoughts and prayers as this terrible tragedy has taken place. It's play-by-play. Let's thank our sponsors, and then we'll catch our first commercial break. We want to thank the Blue Boot Rodeo. The 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Dow Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. Also, Southland Dodge and Homa. Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. How about Dufresne Building Materials? Got you covered for all your roofing needs. Also want to thank Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., Seven days a week at Rouse's Markets Tastes Like Home. And also Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And then a reminder, join us on Saturdays at 10 o'clock for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System with Stan Gravois and myself for all the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts. And also sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. I don't know about experts, right? But, you know, hey, Stan and I will take it, right? It's a compliment. We'll take it and run. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brian Colley, South Lafouche High School. We'll be right back. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. 
Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. First, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting us to help serve you in these trying times of post-storm recovery, and thank you for your patience during our expansions. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more game time, more first times, more crunch time, more face time, and more party time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. What does the WeatherBug app tell you? My commute will be a doozy today. Pack my allergy meds. Lightning. Pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug tells you more of what you need to know to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose WeatherBug. Maybe it's a commute to the couch day. Download the WeatherBug app today for free. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have South Lafouche Athletic Director Coach Brian Colley on the line for his usual morning interview shot. Coach, good morning, man. How are you, man? Good morning, Casey. Doing well. Yes, sir. Happy to hear it. Um, you guys are finally out of school, which is a good thing. Uh, moving into a summer break, which will be a little shorter than normal. Um, but you talked about this Saturday, and I'm going to ask you this for this audience, man. It feels like it's mid-May, but it's actually mid-June, and everything, you know, the, the whole summer clock kind of got accelerated a little bit. Athletically, what's that going to do to you guys? Yeah, it's a, it's a little crazy, like we spoke about on Saturday, where, you know, you're in school and you're just thinking that it's in, in May, you know, you mid-May. And uh, <clears throat> I looked at something, I said, wait a minute, we got our football program next year. We got to get that thing cranked up and started. And normally the deadline for that is like the end of June sometimes. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm like two weeks uh, out from a deadline. I need to get it started. And uh, it's just uh, it's a little different because you think you're in May, but you're in June. And But, uh, you know, we adjusted to it. And back in the office this morning getting some work done, trying to uh, check grades from uh, the previous year and making sure our kids are, are eligible to, to start the school year. So I'm going to ask you this, and you may or may not know the answer, and that's okay either way, but with school being out, does some of the you know projects around campus, you know, working on the gym and other things like that, does that start to rev up, or was that not the holdup, you know, and, and you know, they're just kind of on a different time schedule? That, well, it's not the holdup, but it is uh, starting to uh, to rev up a little bit. I uh, just got plans today for 
our baseball and softball fields, uh, the work that's going to be done on, on those two uh, places. And, uh, you know, I'm in contact with the guy that's in charge of uh, the project, and uh, that should be going pretty soon. Uh, the, you know, the plans are in place right now. We just got to look over and make sure uh, everything's right uh, that needs to get done. So that's going to start to get uh, into high gear. Uh, the gym, on the other hand, that's uh, it could be a different story because they, they covered the gym uh, several times, and it's still, uh, when we it rains, it still rains in the gym and the field house. So uh, we're just waiting on, you know, to get the, they're not going to do anything inside the gym, obviously, until uh, that roof's taken care of. And that's kind of uh, being a little slow, slower right now, but they're still telling us, hopefully by uh, Halloween, that we can have a gym. So tell me about this, because, you know, if I've heard this once, I've heard it a million times, is people will say, well, you know, if they're going to rebuild it, you know, then they might as well rebuild it right. And talking about baseball and softball, and then they got all these big grand ideas of what to do. And But it's not that simple. I mean, you guys are at the mercy of whatever the school system is going to allow you all to do. So in terms of the baseball and softball facilities, what are some things we should expect to see? Is it going to just go back to exactly like it was before the storm? Or are there opportunities to perhaps upgrade a couple of things? It's going to be like it was before, but I think it may be uh, better built. Uh, you know, some hurricane standard types, I think. But people need to understand, uh, even if, if we're dealing with FEMA money, FEMA's going to replace what you had. It's, they're not going to pay for you to upgrade anything. So if we were to upgrade, that would have to come out of our pocket. And that, that's just something, And you know, some facilities we may, Others, we may not have the, the money to do it, but uh, as of right now, they're just going to replace, uh, you know, what we lost. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it certainly. And in terms of uh, football, okay, you know, we've talked about this. There was damage to the press box and the fencing and everything like that. We're getting closer to August. Was Heck, we're almost in July right now. Um, by the time we're looking at Jamboree, the press box will be usable and there will be a fence around the field, you think? Uh, yeah, we were told that it should be ready to go uh, in August, beginning of August, and Jamboree is, you know, the end of August. So hopefully uh, that's going to be taken care of. And, you know, just for the press box, I kind of mentioned to Ms. Sheremy and, and to Coach Young that I would like to get the uh, press box built and on top of the press box build a room where you can charge and uh, if people want to come see the game from, from up there, make it a, you know, a first-class deal and can have food and stuff for them. But uh, that's that's dreaming right there. Yeah, very interesting. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, that'd be something to look forward to in the future. Um, how stressful is this, man? Because like, okay, you've already got a full slate, you know, doing AD stuff, and then you were doing the basketball coaching stuff. Now that at least is off of your plate. But now you got to add, you know, keeping update with contractors and hearing the latest from the school board. Like it's all sorts of different wrinkles. Being an AD now is much different than it was just a couple of years ago before all this madness. Yeah, it is. You know, the frustrating part is sometimes uh, these contractors, they may deal, uh, you know, some of them may deal with the principal, some uh, with the AD. And a lot of times it's tough to, to stay up to date if they don't keep you updated on, on certain issues. And that that's the frustrating part about it, you know, right now. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can all stay on the same page because I definitely want to know what's going on and so I can keep everyone, you know, abreast of what's going on and keep everybody up to date. And a lot of times you get questions and, 
you know, I, I can't give answers because sometimes I, I don't know the answers on certain things. You know, it's interesting because I think that everyone agrees that the senior class, the class of 2022, was amongst the most talented athletic class that the school's had in a long time. And a lot of folks have been wondering, you know, hey, what's it going to look like in 2023? Because, look, just about every program was senior heavy because it was a lot of the same kids playing. Football had a lot of seniors, basketball, baseball, girls, basketball, and the works. Um, I've had a chance to see now. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see football play seven on seven, but I've seen video clips. I've seen boys basketball. I've seen girls basketball, and I've seen baseball. I got to tell you, I still think that a lot of the programs at the school – despite it being almost a whole new cast of characters, are still going to be highly competitive. Baseball went 3-0 this past week. Boys basketball's had a little success over the summer. Girls basketball, you know, they got a win over D. White and had some success. Football is optimistic. I think it's going to be a better year than what maybe people realize across the board athletically. Yeah, I think it will. And, you know, one thing is uh, the constant of, uh, of our coaching staff, you know, trying to stay in the same. Right now, I think that's a big help. I know I'm out of basketball because Brody was there a few years, so he knows uh, what has to be done, and I'm sure he's going to you know, put his own twist on certain things. But for the most part, you, know, you, you may stay, see some of the same things. So I think that helps a lot in, uh, in transitioning from year to year right now. And these kids, the underclassmen, you might have, might have had a bunch of seniors playing ahead of them, but – a lot of times, these underclassmen, they stay quiet, they take mental reps, and they're just waiting for their turn. And they're getting their turn, and they are uh, absolutely producing right now in the summer. Very good. Um, let me ask you this, and this is not anything that I've heard from anybody, but it's just a question out of curiosity. A lot of schools in the area are flirting with the idea of maybe starting a wrestling program. And I know Terrebonne High School has actually has it rolling, you know, I think Ellender's maybe talking about doing it and others in the area. I know that to start a new varsity program, you can't just decide, hey, I'm doing this because of Title IX and different things like that. So if ever South LaFouche High School would decide, hey, we're starting back powerlifting or, hey, we're going to do wrestling or gymnastics or whatever it may be, what goes into that? What, what do you have to do to make sure that you're okay? Well, first of all, we'd have to get with the school board and and see if there's a, a stipend to uh, to pay a coach uh, for you know for their services and their time. And uh, right now, I just don't see them added uh, any stipends to uh, the process right now. And uh, you know, once that would be cleared, then you start looking at getting equipment. And we had looked at a wrestling program a few years back, and it just at that time wasn't feasible for us to do as far as money wise because. You're talking, you got to safety wise, there, there's equipment, everybody else wrestling, but you got to get that big mat that's, uh, that's needed. And, you know, definitely right now with no space to, to do it, that would be out of the question. But, and that's something in the, the future that, uh, you know, we can look at and, and try and get that started. But you'd have to uh, first get with the school board, get their permission, uh, first of all, because we had tried getting uh, a fishing team uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, that was kind of like shot down okay very interesting I, I just had never i'd always wondered how that worked and i never really knew um in terms of summer stuff i know tarpon basketball i think is playing their last boys basketball game this week maybe either today or tomorrow the girls still got a couple of dates left uh baseball still got a you know a week or so left so it's it's still busy but it is starting to kind of sort of slow down uh what are some things that you know is going on over at the school right now 
Yeah, it's starting to wind down. We got, like you said, boys basketball. I believe it's tomorrow. Maybe they're playing at Central. They're uh, that last game. Then uh, uh, girls basketball has a few more games left this month. I think they ended in a, a summer tournament uh, starting maybe next week. And uh, volleyball, they uh, they practicing really hard right now. They they getting into their their grind where they get ready for the season. Uh, seven on seven, they have two more uh, days of seven on seven, so that's going to be ending uh, next week. Then after that, it's going to be you know turning uh, your attention to the fall sports with football. You know, t- uh, getting ready. Uh, today we start our summer conditioning for the uh, non-football players. Football's been going on it a couple of weeks, but the non-football athletes can come in at one to three. Uh, in the afternoons, and uh, Coach Bryce Gator is going to be heading that up for us. So let's talk about this from the perspective of being an AD. You know, everything costs money, right? Like you guys don't just, you know, teleport to these athletic events. Like you got to take buses or whatever it may be. The price of oil right now is ridiculous, and as a result, the price of gas is approaching $5 a gallon. Taking buses to places is going to be far more expensive this fall than it has ever been before. Is that going to be an issue, you think, or is that a situation where you guys have enough of a nest egg where it's not going to be a problem? Uh, I believe our, our sports are uh, they sitting pretty uh, pretty good with their budgets and all right now. But if uh, the price of gas and the fuel keeps going up, uh, it's definitely going to increase our cost of transportation. I know uh, boys basketball a couple of years ago, and this was a couple of years ago, our uh, now, what it cost us for transportation just in boys basketball was four thousand dollars, and uh, if you just keep adding all the different sports to it, you can see where just transportation, uh, our numbers go up. Uh, security went up uh, just last year on us, and that's so uh, you have to have security. So it's uh, a big expense with just security and travel, but I think it's something that we can handle right now. But if we see this. Uh, you know, this price of gas going up and staying up for uh, for a couple of years, it could uh, could lead to a problem. I'm laughing. I'm going to be petty. It's my birthday, whatever. I could get away with it. You don't have to have security. We've been to Morgan City, right? You don't have to have it. <laughs> so, it is your birthday today? Yes, it is, yeah. Well, happy birthday, first of all. <laughs> uh, if you want to sit in uh, sportsmanship, Hearings, you don't have to. <laughs> if, if you want to stay away from these things, uh, I think you, it's wise to have security. I'm teasing you. I'm, oh, actually, I'm teasing them, but you know what I'm saying. Thank, thanks so much for the time, buddy. Have a great rest of the day. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have security. We've been to many places where they didn't, but yes, there are uh, there are penalties if you are caught with your hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> it's the sports, uh, not not the sports corner. Listen to me, I'm saying the wrong show. It's play by play here on KLEB. Uh, we're gonna make a little bit of a change. We're gonna have Derek Zush on at noon, uh, but we're gonna have Erica Randolph instead. Same program, assistant coach at Honda. We've never had Erica on. Derek said, hey, man, I'd like to offer my time to Erica. She's going to do a good job. So we're going to have Erica Randolph with Hanvo Basketball in the next segment to talk about the Tigers. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. 
Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's fishing rodeo, we also have adult, kids, kayak, and we added the offshore division. Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids, and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market's feels like home. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Class are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR First Aid Certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. And welcome back to Play by Play. We thank Coach Brian Colley for his time in the last segment. Now we go back to the phone lines where we're going to have Coach Erica Randolph, assistant coach over at Hanville High School. Coach Randolph, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great. Good afternoon. How are you? We're doing just fine. Look, we wanted to talk about y'all's team. You had a younger group last year, made it to the postseason, but didn't enjoy the, the same run that you had two seasons ago because of some of that youth. But, hey, here's the thing about youth coaching. It gets older and it gets more experienced. How's the summer been so far for Hanville? The summer has been a really good experience for us. Um, we're, we're growing. Um, we're working on some things that uh, we knew that we uh, were challenged with um, during last season. 
Um, and I, what I really enjoy about Summer League the most is, is the fact that you could put together different combinations on the court that probably you wouldn't do during the regular season. Um, so it's been, it's been really good, especially for even though we've matured some, we still have a younger group of kids that have really stepped up this summer. Very good. Um, a lot of coaches kind of, I love to ask this question. Some of them say, hey, summer basketball, we're going to you know, just roll the ball out, play everybody, get kids reps, get kids experience. If we win by 20, awesome. If we lose by 20, awesome. Other coaches will say, you know, yeah, we're going to kind of do some of that stuff. But if it's a four-point game with two minutes left, like we're putting our horses in and go and learn how to win. How have you guys approached that over the summer over at Hanville? Um, honestly, we've done um, a little of both. Um, and I can speak specifically on two specific games. Um, we played North Shore, and um, we, of course, got down a little bit. Um, and then we fought back in the game, and we were winning at one point. And I kind of decided to let them see how, they, how their end game was. Um, so I kind of made a decision to let them see and let them feel out the end game, and the end game didn't give us the result that we needed. So I said, okay. I said, well, that lets me know where our challenges are, where our deficiencies are, and how to pull our guys back in to let them know, like, hey, when you're trying to win a game, um, you just got to play start, play, play smart down the line and play poise. So the following game, um, I believe it was we played Jesuit, and we, um, we were winning the game, and um, – you know, I called. I called a crucial timeout to let them know, like, listen, just finish the game. Um, make sure that you guys um, get a good defensive stop and just stay poised. And, and they did it. But it was it was an eye opener for me because I really had thought that in the game prior that they were already at that maturity level to know um, what to do um, with the ball in your hand with um, 20 seconds left. And then I realized maybe they were thinking, oh, it's summer league. And I was like, it could be just – it is just summer league. However, it's important to close out games. Like, although it's summer league, I still think that as a coach, you put emphasis on it's important to finish games. It's important to close out games. It's important to get Ws in those type of situations because you will face those challenges during the regular season. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I agree 100%. Uh one of the things that uh, that's interesting about you all's program, and we've had Coach Jasmine on a couple of times, is you know he schedules just such a brutal slate for y'all, where you're playing everybody that's everybody in the state, and at times you know might lose a few and might even lose you know a couple in a row because of that. But his logic and rationale is okay. Well, when we get into district and in the playoffs, there's nothing that we're going to have you know nothing's going to take us by surprise. So talk about that or those challenges as an assistant coach and a lot of what you're going to be doing is, you know, helping to scout and prepare for the upcoming opponents to know that every single game in non-district, man, you're playing somebody who's going to win 20, 25 games. I think I've been a part of his staff long enough to know that um, I, I, I wouldn't ask for him to schedule any other way. Yeah. Um, I think that playing a variety of different types of talent, um, different um, structured teams, we do the same thing for our, our freshmen. I'm also the freshman coach. Um, we play in leagues where we see, you see Jesuits, you see Brother Martin, you're going to see Carver, you're going to see Carr, you're going to see Big Main, even at the freshman level. So when those kids are get on the varsity team, they have already seen those different types of, of teams and programs. And I, th I think it's so important to make sure that your schedule fits that that type of run because when you get in the playoffs 
you're not going to see those same teams that you've been seeing the entire season. You're going to now have to play some of the teams in North Louisiana. You're going to have to play some teams, West Monroe. You're going to have to play Lafayette. But if you, if you limit yourself to just a specific style of play or a specific area of teams, you're not truly giving your players an insight as to what challenges that you're going to face once you start to make that playoff run. And that was key for us. Um, when we made those two playoff runs um, to make it to the Final Four. We saw height earlier in the season. We saw um, teams without height that were quick. We saw teams that shot the ball quick. So when you get into the playoffs, you've already seen that style of play. Yeah, the name on the jersey is different, but you've already seen that style of play. So it's not like you come up against something as a coach that you've never seen before. You've already prepped for what you're going to see. And that that's important when it comes to scheduling. And, I like, I know Yusef probably said it before, like, we're not afraid to play anybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter that that you went to state last year. Like, I want to play you. That's awesome. I love that mindset. Um, Coach, one of the things you said earlier in the interview is, you know, hey, you guys are trying to polish some things up and, you know, get better in, in some areas. What are some specific areas that the, the Tigers are trying to work on to get themselves ready for the next year? It's no secret um, to anybody when we walk in the gym that, that, that we're um, – we – we don't have a lot of height. That's not going to be a secret when we walk in the gym. So we know that tempo is going to be very important for us, um, as well as spacing, um, as well as rebounding. So rebounding and boxing out, getting the ball out quick in transition, um, has been something that we have stressed, especially this season. Um, because let's face it, in the game of basketball, like height, height is important. Uh, however, um, as a coach, we do know that height is important, yes. However, being fundamentally sound, understanding spacing, playing well on defense, and having poise wins basketball games as well. So when we're playing summer league, those are some of the things that we're focusing on, like how often did we give up an offensive rebound? How often um, did we not come up with a defensive rebound? How how often did we give up a second-chance point? Did we get the ball out in transition? How is our spacing? What does our mid-range game look like? Um, I think for Hanville, we're known for our mid-range game. So, you know, we've tried to extend our mid-range game. Like, hey, let's not only do mid-range, but we can shoot from the outside as well. So those are all things that are going to be important and key factors um, for us during the summer and for the upcoming season. I remember having Coach Jasmine on last year, and it was in the middle district, and he was saying, you know, hey, man, like, I don't know, our offense just isn't clicking. And he felt that, you know, there was just something missing. Coach, do you think it's maybe a situation where, if you all did some of those little things a little better, you know, the rebounding and pushing it in transition and, you know, starting the break, you think if you all did some of those things better, it could maybe create more easy offense for you all than as opposed to just playing half court all game? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, the key for that is your players have to understand um, what transition looks like and, and what, um, what good spacing looks like. And I, I truly believe, like, towards the end of last season, and in summer league, like I can see them understanding spacing on the court. I can see them making better reads when they're when they're coming off the pick and roll. Um, those are all things that are very important in transition and when you get in the offensive set. Like if the transition's not there, um, how do you get into your offensive set? But all some of those things you can ask for the prior year. But but the reality is sometimes you have to wait for your players to mature. And and as a coach, you want your players to understand and mature sooner. Um, However, sometimes you, you just have to wait for them to get there. Very, very good. I'm curious to ask you this question because, you know, Hanville and, and there's such that mindset and that mentality in y'all's program of, 
as you said a minute ago, hey, we're going to go play whoever. You know, we're going to play the full, you know, allotment of minutes, and we're going to go anywhere that we need to go. Now, the LHSA has made these decisions that there's going to be more select schools, and, you know, the brackets on the public side are going to be lesser and lesser. What are you all's thoughts on that? Because there are going to be less teams to compete with, which may be good competitively. But at the end of the day, man, we're, we're, we're more spread apart and more pulled apart than we've ever been before. If I could be very transparent with you, I really did not. I saw it, but I mean, honestly, during the season, I, I'm so we're so laser focused sure. on just being who we are and making our program better that I often don't really worry about what everybody else is doing. Now, I'm not saying that, um, I'm, I, I, I take, we, especially me as a physical coach, I take everything game by game. So. Kind of what everybody else is, is doing, I, I'm not really too concerned about it. I stay laser-focused laser on what can we, what, what am I bringing to the program, um, how are we working together as a cohesive unit. So, I mean, all, all the other, other stuff, like, I kind of deal with that when it, when it gets ready to be playoff time. That's when I start thinking about that. But during the season, I still want to play the same people that we have played the last couple of years, tossing a couple of new imp- opponents some schools that we know have uh, started to build programs that are now on other people's radar. But as far as those other decisions, I, I really don't worry about them until it comes playoff time, to be honest with you. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Coach, how much, <laughs> lo- how much longer do you all play over the summer? You got another couple weeks left? We have this week and we have, um, we have next week. Okay, very good. Uh, Coach, we thank you so much for the time. And look, we'll chat again soon. Uh, and, uh, best of luck to you all the rest of the summer, okay? No problem. Thank you for having me. Yep, that is Coach Erica Randolph with Hanville doing a wonderful job. You know, it's it's funny, and I'm going to say this, and, and this is the 100% honest-to-goodness truth. This is not me embellishing. This is purely true, and, and Derek Zush will tell you this in a second. Uh, well, not in a second. He's not coming on, but he would tell you this in a second is what I meant to say. We intended to have Derek on. And most of the time, whenever I want to give an update on how Hanville's doing, I just shoot a quick text to Derek because he's a friend of mine, right? It's easy. You know, I could, I could text him and then five minutes later, you know, he'll be on the radio with us. That's, you know, he's just, he's good to us in that way. But for anybody who wonders why that program is having success, like we all know in this Bayou region that Derek's a good coach, right? And he's an assistant there. We've had Yusef Jasmine on. Bright as the brightest bright uh, light bulb that you could find in the store. Like he knows his stuff. He's on his P's and Q's. Like he knows what he's doing. And then we talked to this, you know, Miss Erica Randolph, you know, coach out there. And I I know her from seeing her on the bench, but I never like spoken to her, never had a formal chance to meet her. She's bright as heck, too. Like you could see that vibe and that culture that they have there because they've got so many talented people. If you fill a room full of smart people, you're going to come up with good ideas eventually, right? And that's kind of what they've done there. They've had great success, and it's because they've got an awesome head coach, and it's because they've got awesome awesome assistant coaches. Like, they got people that really know what they're doing. Like, I didn't know what I was going to expect, you know, talking to her. I'd never spoken to her before. Sharp as a whip, she's incredibly bright. And, and knows the game and was very well-spoken, and you could feel that passion. So it just gives you a little insight of, okay, why does Hanville always have success? Why do they make the playoffs every single year, no matter how many seniors they had the year before? It's because they've got that program built, and it's because the Carpenters who are building it, you know, the coaches and the assistant coaches, know what they're doing, and they've got that aligned vision. So kudos to them. They're going to be really strong, man. They were young last year. 
Now, look, the district around them is going to be better, too, now. We talked about Central Lafouche and how they're coming up. Thibodeau is going to be coming up. Terrebonne's going to be more talented. HL, Andrew's, <laughs> Andrew is tickled pink with the team that he has. So the district around them is going to be very competitive, but Hanville's going to be a player. They're, they're always going to be a player as long as they've got that same infrastructure in place. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to Chris Duga, Thibodeau High School, be joining us in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Welcome back to play-by-play -play here on KLEB. We've got about another 40 or so minutes to spend with you all today. We're going to spend about the next 15 or so minutes 
of those 40 minutes with Thibodeau High School football coach, Coach Chris Duga, who's on the line now. Coach, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Good. How's it going? Pretty good, buddy. Um, you guys are in your off season. You, know, you got out of spring, got out of the school season. Now you're you know, doing the seven-on-seven seven thing and the weight room thing and all that stuff to try to get ready. How's that process been going? What's June been like over at Thibodeau High School? Oh, everything's been great. Uh, attendance has been really good. We've probably right around pretty close to 80 guys varsity-wise. Um, a little over 40 freshmen, between 40 and 45. Uh, attendance has been great every day. Uh, kids are working. Uh, we like what we see. Um, you know, we go three groups every day. We do a, a, an offensive group at 7 a.m. Uh, defensive group comes in around 9, and then the uh, freshmen come in around 10, 1030. And, uh, you know, we do it that way for, uh, you know, one, our weight room is not big enough to accommodate, you know, 80-plus guys at the same time. And, two, we like to kind of tailor the conditioning to uh, to be positioned and, uh, you know, each side of the ball specific with the offense and the defense, so we split those guys up for that reason. And then the freshmen, we like to kind of keep them uh, on their own for a little while because they're not quite as advanced as the older guys with the lifting, but they'll you know they'll get it as the summer goes on, and we'll see some gains with those guys too. You know, it feels like, and I, I get that this is part of every summer, right, but it feels like this has been a nastier heat summer than it has been in recent years. But two summers ago, you guys weren't doing much of anything because of the COVID. And then last summer was kind of wet. So, like, you know, the afternoons get cloudy up and it would cool things down. But, man, like, they're forecasting temperatures. Temperatures now, not heat heat indexes, but temperatures of, like, 105 and stuff over the weekend. Now, you all have a built-in advantage. J-Rock is the best of the best, and I'm sure he helps you all a lot with this. But what are you all doing to keep the kids cool, keep the kids hydrated and safe? Because it is brutal out there right now. Well, we're just being real smart about, you know, the amount of time that we're spending outside. Uh, you know, of course, we're keeping the kids watered and hydrated, but uh, we're not going crazy with the amount of time we're spending outside. We spend a lot of time inside in the weight room. And then we, you know, we get out there and we do our conditioning, for the most part, with the varsity guys, is super early in the morning. You know, you're looking at a 7 a.m. group working out. So you're getting out there on the field probably no later than 8 o'clock to do your conditioning because workouts – in the weight room, are probably about an hour long. You know, it's a little hotter for that second group, but uh, you know, we're smart about it. We, uh, you know, we figure this is a marathon; it's not a sprint. You know, so you you don't you don't want to go too crazy too early. And like you said, it's probably the hottest June that uh, we've had in quite some time. I'm hoping you know that leads to a, a cooler August. You know, that's just wishful thinking, I guess. But uh, hopefully, it works out that way. And uh, we just you know, the, the big thing, and, and, and J-Rock and I talk about this all the time, is just be smart with the kids. The kids are just, it's a little bit different than, than what we experienced when we were younger. You know, and he goes back to what Dr. Stewart, uh, you know, from Tulane says, kids are a, a little bit more climate control now. You know, it's it, back in our day, you just did more stuff outside. You know, you outside all the time. And uh, nowadays, kids, you know, they, they're into some different things with the phones and the games and stuff like that. So they just don't spend as much time outside as we did when we were youngsters. So we just got to be smart with them. You know, uh, things change and we got to change with the times. Heading out of the spring, what are a couple of things that you were most pleased with? And then what are a couple of things that you were you know, leaving spring saying, hey, we better get better at this? What were a couple of those facets both ways? 
Definitely offensively, uh, I felt good about where we were at the end of spring, especially with the offensive line. Uh, that's kind of been a struggle for us the last couple of years. Uh, we haven't been uh, very strong up front. But this group that we have now, uh, I tell you what, they are really working, and it, it, it was pretty good, and it was pretty exciting to see those guys have some success in the spring. So I'm, I'm very excited about our offensive line. I wish our numbers would be up a little bit more. Uh, you know, to, to have some quality backups. That's probably uh, the low number point on our roster is probably the offensive and defensive line. A lot of numbers at receiver, DB, linebacker, running back, all the other positions. But uh, the offensive and defensive line position is low on numbers. We've got some quality, but we don't have a big number. Uh, you know, we don't have a, a large quantity of kids. But uh, watching those guys this spring that offensive line group was really really nice for us to see how they came together and had an excellent spring defensively uh we're a little bit behind the curve defensively but a lot of guys out in the spring we had some injuries uh at linebacker and db so i'm not uh really worried about the defense but uh we definitely need to pick it up a little bit during the summer and uh get back to where we were last year because I feel like defensively we finished the year out really strong and uh you know offensively we knew last year we were really young but I think having you know DeMarcus back and a couple of couple of guys back uh you know is 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 got that group you know looking pretty doggone good at the end of spring I'm fascinated to hear your answer to this next question I asked it to Tony Clark last week and he gave me some really good stuff um, in a couple of years, you are going to be making the move where East and West are going to be combining into one school. And my buddies and I were kind of talking about that. And, and on one hand, you know, you'll be having likely stronger middle school team or a stronger middle school team as the two schools combined. So maybe be good from continuity and chemistry and getting the kids to believe, you know, hey, we could do special things. But on the other hand, you know, instead of there being 12 middle school, ba- or instead of there being 24 middle school basketball players, now there's going to be 12. And conversely to that, you know, instead of there being, you know, 22 sets of starting offensive players at the middle school level, now there's going to be 11. And the flip side to that, instead of there being, you know, two sets of linebackers and two sets of defensive linemen and two sets of DBs, now there's going to be just 11 defensive players at the same middle school. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think that that's going to have much of an impact at all? I'm sure it's going to have a large impact. Um, and I kind of agree with what you're saying. Um, I mean, yeah, you're going to have a stronger middle school team combining those two schools, but it does kind of worry me a little bit. Uh, you know, when you look at the numbers coming to you, uh, you know, as ninth graders, or are those kids going to stay out? You know, like, like you said, you're going to have 12 basketball players. Well, I mean, you might have another five or six, seven or eight players that are, that are good enough to be on the team. You know that 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 may not make the team. It's going to make it a lot more competitive, but it, I think it may end up in the long run driving your numbers down as far as athletics. That's that's what kind of worries me a little bit. Uh, with football, maybe not so much because you know you'll get some of those backup kids at the middle school that'll stay out, and they're late bloomers. You get them as you know ninth graders, and they oh well, he's not quite ready yet. But then all of a sudden, as an eleventh grader, that kid really blooms into a player. So uh, I think it I think it could hurt some of those tryout type sports. So where football, you you really don't have a tryout. You let everybody come out. But some of your tryout type sports in the middle school, like volleyball, uh, basketball, you know, stuff like that, to where you know there's only so many slots, so many uniforms. I think 
that might hurt a little bit. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Curious to see how that shakes out. Now, we also talk with coaches throughout the summer, like let's say a baseball coach. I'll ask them, you know, hey, how do you approach the Swampland? And some of them will say, hey, you know, we're going to try and win and, you know, learn how to win as a team. And others will say, man, to hell with it. We're playing everybody and whatever happens, happens. Do you guys have that same sort of mentality in the, in the seven-on-seven game? Is that, you know, hey, are you guys going to just try to get guys exposure and whatever the score is is what it is? Or is it a situation where, you know, hey, we're trying to build some confidence and, you know, if they're going to put the scoreboard on, we're going to try to go and get the win. How do you guys approach that? I never really talk with football coaches about that, but how do you guys approach seven-on-seven? Well, we, I don't really look at it as a win-or-lose situation. Uh, now, of course, our first team guys, you know, in the Little League, we're playing at E.D. White. It's, it's some 30-minute games, so you're trying to get your first team guys as many reps as you can, you know. So some of those younger JV guys are going to get a little playing time here and there, but for the most part, your first team guys are the guys that, that are going to get the reps. Uh, as far as scoreboard, I'm, I'm not really looking at the scoreboard. Uh, just trying to get better every game because nobody wins a district championship or a state championship or makes the playoffs by what you do in seven on seven. I always tell this story. It's a great story. When I was at Thibodeau the first time as the offensive coordinator, when Coach Ford was the head coach, we went to the LSU seven on seven and we played Sulphur High School and we beat them 63 to seven in a seven-on-seven game. I was back when I had Zach Chauvin, quarterback. We had a pretty good little group. Well, we met those guys in the first round of the playoffs, and the linemen came into play, and they beat us 35-14. <laughs> to 14. You know, So, I mean, seven-on-seven is good, and, and, and it's good, and it serves a purpose for certain stuff, but it's not going to give you a true indicator of where you're going to really be during the season. You're just kind of doing it to try to get timing with your receivers, work on your passing game a little bit, uh, you know, work on some of your coverage stuff because, I mean, it's really easy for the quarterback. There's no live bullets coming at you. You know, it's just, you know, you got a four-second clock and you can sit back there and pretty much dissect the defense any way you want. There's no blitzers. There's none of that to worry about. There's no guys in your face. There's no 270-pound defensive lineman breathing down your neck. So it's, 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 it's a good deal, but uh, I don't read into it too much as to, okay, we've won all our seven-on-seven seven games this summer. That means we're going to be, uh, you know, a district championship contender. There's a lot more that goes into it, and those big guys up front have a lot to say about. It. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, so let's actually this. It's been a while since we've had you on. I don't think we've ever had a chance to speak about this. Is you know, five A is going to look different in the coming years, uh, assuming that the votes continue to go that way. Whereas now there's you know, a lot of the charter schools and open enrollment schools and magnet schools. They're all going over to the select side. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, for me, it's a situation where it's almost like a double-edged sword because I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know, it is now kind of apples against apples and oranges against oranges. So competitively, it is more balanced. But on the flip side to that, the other part of me is like, man, this, this gap that we have between us is just getting wider and wider and wider. And I think that this move moves the, the public schools and the private schools farther apart than they've ever been before. Yeah, I think we opened up Pandora's box, and I don't know if we could ever put everything back in. But, um, I mean, I hate to see it this way. I mean, because at Thibodeau, we were always the proponent of us playing together. And I think there were some good proposals out there that could have got us back together. I really thought the 6-8 proposal had some momentum a couple of years ago. I'd really like to see that. I think we're a six-class state. I think that's where we are now. We're definitely not a nine-class state. It's too many classes. 
But uh, I think we would be uh, definitely a six-class state with everybody back together. But, I mean, the way it is now, I mean, I, I guess I can kind of agree with the definition if you're, you know, if you're drawing enrollment from another place other than your attendance zone, I guess you would be considered a select or non-traditional, if you want to call it that, you know, if you're an open enrollment parish or you're a charter or, you know, what, what have you. Because I know that Acadiana's moved over to the select now, uh, Warren Easton, Carr, some some real powerhouse teams. And, I mean, we, we, we're not trying to run from anybody, but, I mean, it's it, that, that Division One is going to be unbelievable, you know, with the uh, – with the amount of good teams in Division One, and in Five A, we still, you know, we're still pretty tough. We still got the Zacharies, the Destner Hands, you know. You still got a lot of good teams: West Monroe, Ponchatoula, you know. So I think it's still going to be really tough and really competitive. I always said Five A was tough no matter what, you know. If you if you had in those those the uh, the, the privates or it was just a non, so it didn't matter, you know. Five A was just a tough division. You can see some of the some of the divisions are going to be a little bit weaker. But uh, I sure hope one day we can get this thing back together. I think I think there's a plan out there. I think in January now that this has happened and there, there's been so much of a divide, I think there'll eventually be a, a couple of proposals that'll come up in January and we may see a vote. Hopefully, uh, you know, something something changes and we get a little bit closer back to getting together. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it come back together. Very interesting. Well, look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time, and we'll chat again soon, okay? Keep up the good work, buddy. All right, man. Thanks. Yep, that is Coach Chris Dugat with Thibodeau High School doing a great job. Uh, Man, it's interesting because there is this weird optimism, right? Chris just shared it, and I'm not saying that he's wrong. In no way am I saying that that optimism is unwarranted, but there's such a strange optimism. Like a lot of the coaches that we have on that we talk uh, with them about, you know, this – moving the charter schools and everything to the select side, they almost all have this opinion of like, yeah, but there's some stuff brewing and like, it's weird because the votes never indicate that, right? Like the votes are always, Hey, let's continue to further stretch this thing apart. But there's such a, an optimism amongst coaches that there are some things in the works that could potentially draw some big change. And I'm just curious, January is going to be fascinating. We may have to do this show from Baton Rouge for those days of the, of the meetings out in January It's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how this all shakes itself out. It's play-by-play on KLEB. I'm going to give you some weekend W's and L's out of this break here on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? 
Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and night in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a cornhole tournament, followed by Sharks in December. Saturday, we have Bingo and Mimosas, DJ Frozen again. Rough and Ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home. A grade C is just average. A grade B, better. But an A? An A is excellent. And an A is what Thibodeau Regional earned for patient safety from the LeapFrog Group, a leading healthcare quality and safety organization. This A in patient safety is yet another confirmation of Thibodeau Regional's commitment to providing patients with the highest quality, safest care. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's play-by-play here on KLEB. We were uh, uh, stopping and smelling the roses a little bit. Was had a phone call real quick that I had to take during the commercial break, so the commercial ran about 30 seconds too long. But let's get our W's and our L's, then we'll catch a break, then we'll get our betting picks, then we'll get out of here as I'm celebrating my 24th birthday today. Many of you all believe that I'm turning just 24 today. Um, give me a shout. I got, you know, some beachfront property to sell you all in Thibodeau. I've got a mountain cabin that I could sell you in Cutoff. <laughs> and I've got a volcano tour that I could give you out in Lafayette if you believe that I'm turning 24 today. But sincerely, thanks to all the folks that have wished us a happy birthday so far today. Uh, it's crazy. You don't understand sometime uh, the reach that what you do has. Um it's 1241. 
272 people have wished me happy birthday on Facebook. And that's not counting the people who have called, the people who have texted, you know, the people who have replied to other comments that are wishing me. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed. And it, it's moving. It's absolutely moving. Um, our first W goes to Matthew Fitzpatrick, of course, the PGA Tour player who wins the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open was scintillating. It was very exciting television. <clears throat> and Fitzpatrick takes it all, finishing six under par, finishing one shot, one shot better than Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler. You feel bad, man, for, for Zalatoris. He's always in position. He just hasn't been able to finish the deal. And a couple of, of, of major championships, look, let's call it like it is, a couple of major championships, Zalatoris didn't finish the deal because he kind of gagged it away, right? That wasn't the case yesterday. He played well. He played well, just finished short. Fitzpatrick just kind of outgunned him. Final round, 68 wins the championship. Just beats out Scotty Scheffler, who's probably the best player in the world right now. And they finish a couple of shots better also than Hideki Matsuyama, who finished fourth. Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy, who finished in a tie for fifth. So a great showcase for golf. <clears throat> great golf course, too. Like Part of what makes a major championship is the golf course. Um, I don't like major championships where... You just got to be lucky to win, right? Where two guys hit the exact same shot. One guy, you know, just gets bad luck because of a gust of wind, which blows his ball off. the. Like, I don't like when it's so difficult that luck becomes a big factor. I thought that the Country Club in Massachusetts was a great venue for golf. If you hit good shots, you were rewarded. If you hit bad shots, you were penalized. That's exactly how it should be. Weekend now goes to the University of Texas. They make it to the College World Series. Two and barbecue. They lose their first two games um, of the tournament and are out. And more important than losing their first two games of the tournament and being knocked out is the fact that they got knocked out by their bitter, hated, arch-rival Texas A&M. Those two schools absolutely loathe one another. Texas A&M moves on. They're kind of the little brother r- little brother in the scenario. They're always kind of jealous of what Texas is doing. Then they run off to the SEC, get their five moments in the sun. Then Texas says, you know what? We're going to the SEC too. At such a fun and petty rivalry. Texas A&M wins the day, at least for today, knocking out Texas in the College World Series on yesterday afternoon. Weekend W goes to the SEC for the same reasons. The College World Series is being played out in Omaha so much SEC flavor. Auburn's still alive. Ole Miss is still alive. Arkansas is still alive. Texas A&M still alive. We're getting late in the game now to have this much SEC flair. And oh yeah, Texas and Oklahoma were both in the College World Series too. They're both also still alive. The SEC is the absolute dominant force of college baseball. That's why I always laughed at pulmonary fans whenever they told me, oh, it's okay. There's so much parody in the sport, brother. It's not the same as it used to be. There's not parity in college baseball. The same 10 to 12 teams still make the College World Series every year. You know, maybe those other 10 to 12 teams are better and more advanced than they used to be. But this idea that there are 70 programs that have a shot, nah, bro. If you're not an SEC school, if you're not a Power 5 school that's the high end of the ACC or the high end of the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or whatever it may be, and then the occasional outlier Cinderella mid-major program, you don't even have a shot. So spare me some of that parody stuff. But anyway, Weekend L goes to the Brooklyn Nets. There are reports that the Brooklyn Nets have kind of had a falling out with Kyrie Irving, whereas it was kind of an understood, foregone conclusion he would resign with them this offseason. 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. It looks like he may not be resigning there. They've had a falling out, and he is kind of whispering to his folks that he is very interested in perhaps playing for other teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kyrie Irving is such a flake. I think that the Nets would have been better off trading he instead of James Harden. You know, there's the vaccine issue that caused problems, and there's there's just always something, right? Like, he can never fully be happy. He was with LeBron James. They were both in the prime of their career on top of the world. He wanted out. Goes to Boston. Oh, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. He wanted out. Goes to Brooklyn. You know, they've got everything rolling. He causes problems with James Harden. He's not getting his COVID shot. Now, all of a sudden, he don't want to resign there. He, it, at some point, it's a, it's a Kyrie problem, and it's not an everybody else problem. Weekend W goes to the WWE in a rough week for the WWE in lieu of the Vince McMahon scandal and all the different things of that sort. They draw a huge rating number for SmackDown on Friday. 2.3 million fans tuned in to SmackDown, further solidifying the fact that they are the major and only major wrestling promotion in the world. AEW this past week drew just north of 700,000. So you do the math. 2.3 million versus 700,000. That gap, which is supposed to be getting closer, right? As AEW grows and matures, they should be catching WWE a little bit from behind. That gap is getting wider and wider and wider. The WWE audience is slowly going up each week. The AEW audience is slowly going down each week. Interesting time in the future of AEW. They better turn that rating number around in a big way. Remember, they used to get 1.1, 1.2 million fans. Now they're getting 800,000, 730,000. Like that number's starting to shrink. L goes to the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Both lost a little bit of offseason practice time because of violations of uh, contact drills and everything and OTAs. This really probably should be a weekend L to like the game of football as a whole. You got You got dudes that are making... 10, 12, 15, 20 million dollars a year, in some cases even more. And you the NFL polices how hard you could practice. <laughs> like if you're hitting someone too hard in practice or you're doing too much, you get fined for it. And then we wonder why on Sundays guys are getting hurt. Guys aren't able to, you know, play or or the rules are are babyfied and guys don't know how to tackle is because they don't do it anymore. You can't tackle in practice. You can't do this. You can't do that. How are you supposed to ever learn to not leave with the crown of your head if you're not able to practice it? How are you supposed to ever learn to not target and get thrown out of the game in college football if you're not able to practice it? I get it. Injuries could also happen in practice. I fully understand that. But, man, whew, we got a lot of fundamental issues in the NFL, and you can't hit anybody at all anymore, and it's kind of become interesting. One W to hand out in the MLB, one L to hand out in the MLB. The W goes to the Yankees. They get a series win over Toronto on the road. The Yankees are a wrecking ball. Even though they lost Sunday's game, it doesn't matter. They are far and away the best team in baseball right now, have a Herculean record, the best pitching staff I've seen in a long time. You can't score runs on them. So if you're only scoring one or two runs a game on them, that puts so much pressure on your pitching staff to hold them to just one or two runs with the great offense that they have of you know LeMahieu and Judge and all the wonderful sluggers and hitters and they are they've got it rolling right now. 
And then the L goes to the Padres. The Padres get swept out at Coors Field, losing to Colorado. They're a bit of an enigma, right? Like, they've got a nice record, and, you know, things are going well for them. And Fernando Tatis Jr. hasn't played all season. So, to be fair to them, they are missing some pieces. But it just feels like they should be further along. They're 41 and 27, but they've never really made like that serious World Series run. They've got a lot of payroll, and they just always kind of leave you expecting more. I was expecting them to go out to Colorado, who's the last place team in that division, and at least win two out of three. They get swept all three. Every time they get close to breaking out, they kind of back away. They're almost like the baseball Celtics, right? Um, and it just it's become predictable. Let's catch a break. Those are weekend W's and L's. I'll get you some betting picks really quick. We're up against it, kind of behind. Uh, let's catch a quick break here on Play by Play. We'll be right back after this. It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Shrimp boats is a common since 1948. That's 74 years. Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches. A large selection of shaft couplings, single V struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this. Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Alario Brothers before the season. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at alariobros.com. Shrimp boats is a common, their saves are inside. Shrimp boats is a common, there's dancing tonight. It's the first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon, you wish would never end. The homemade taste of bluebell, and good friends gathered round. The good old days are being made right now. Our cookie two-step ice cream is a creamy vanilla ice cream with hints of brown sugar, chunks of chocolate cream-filled cookies, and tasty chocolate chip cookie dough pieces. Cookie two-step has everybody's taste buds two-stepping. And one and two. The good old days are being made right now. Bell Ice Cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! 
Breaking news from the PGA Tour. Well, I guess not from the PGA Tour. Breaking news from the world of golf. Abraham Answer, the world's number 20 player, is going to the Live Golf Tour. He is a Mexican player uh, going to the Live Golf Tour, number 20 in the world, joining Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau. You guys laugh at me. I get told by my friends all the time, oh, man, you're in love with this Live Golf stuff. You're wrong. Like the PGA Tour, loud and proud. PGA Tour is in trouble. <laughs> they are in trouble. How many? And look, the Live Golf Tour announced over the weekend that they're going to start applying for World Golf Points. It's more money and it's less work. All of the top, not all, most of the top players would be attracted to that. This thing is not going away. We are just at the beginning of what's going to be a long, cold, and sports-changing iceberg. Get ready. Abraham answers not the first. Well, he's certainly not the first, but they've already had a tournament. But he's certainly not going to be the last either. Others are going to follow suit. So he's the latest to going off to the Live Golf Tour. Let me get you some betting picks. Then we could get on out of here, here on this June 20, this beautiful June 20, the day that your host was born 24 years ago, right? <laughs> uh, betting picks today. Let's get you... Um, Oh, man, this is tough. I don't want to bet against the Braves, so let's pick another one. Um, let's go the Cardinals to cover the run line, uh, plus one and a half today against the Brewers. Corbin Burns is throwing for Milwaukee. He's kind of been hit or miss. Like, he either gives you eight innings and he shuts you out, or he gives you, like, four innings and he allows three runs. The last one for Burns was really good. The Cardinals have now seen him a lot, and I think that when you see the same quality pitcher a ton it gives the offense a little bit of an advantage. The teams are about equal. And, oh, yeah, the Cardinals aren't throwing a slouch either. They're throwing Miles Michaelis, who's probably their best. I'm going to go the Cardinals to cover the run line today, plus one and a half. I'm going to go Chicago today, the White Sox, to beat the Blue Jays, plus 112. So you get a little bit of value there, a little extra value if they win. Lance Lynn will be on the mound for Chicago. They're the home team. Lance Lynn is far and away the best that Chicago has. Well, I shouldn't say far and away the best of that. He's solid. He's very, very good. Facing Joel Berrios for Toronto, who was supposed to be that guy who has kind of taken some steps back and now no longer is. So Lance Lynn is his second start. In his first start, I watched it, but it was a game that I bet on. He was rusty early. He gave up three, four runs early in the start, but then he settled down and he pitched well. And a lot of times with guys who are just coming back, there's the concern and the worry of, Oh, he may only throw 50 pitches, and then he's out the game, and then what? No, Lynn threw like 100 pitches in his first start. He's fully stretched out. He's fully extended. If he's on, he'll be able to go five, six, seven innings. So he's facing Toronto today at home, and I look for Chicago to get the win there. I'm going to go Angels today, covering the run line, minus one and a half over the Royals. Uh, Bubik is throwing for Kansas City. I've picked on Bubik in Vegas and I say picked on, I mean bet against, because I didn't pick him for sure. I've bet against this guy, Chris Bubik, who's the Royal starter today a lot, and he's been very good to us. He's not been very good to the Royals, unfortunately for them, though. He gives up a lot of runs. He gives up a lot of base runners. He's consistently in trouble, and I think with the Los Angeles offense, Bubik, by the way, has an ERA of 8.36 and a whip of almost 2. I think if you walk guys and you know face the trouts of the world with guys on base, you're asking for big trouble. And opposite that is Noah Syndergaard for Los Angeles. 
He's got an ERA of 3.53, so he's going to be solid. And I think that the Angels are going to be able to score enough around him to cover the difference. Let's wrap up for right here. We're going to be back tomorrow at the same time. Got a great show planned. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day. Uh, heck, man, it's my birthday. Drink a cold one for me. Have a great rest of the day. Stay dry. Stay safe. Stay hydrated. All that good stuff. Listen to me talking about stay dry. Like there's an ounce of a cloud in the sky. I'm looking to the left right now. It looks like the sun is about to melt the LaRose Bridge to my left. So I don't think we got to worry about staying dry. But stay safe. Maybe stay hydrated is a better way to go. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. We'll be back at it tomorrow. God bless you all. You've been listening to Play by Play. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.